Trap Gym, I'm going to give you one credit card. I think it's only one of two right now that offers a true business credit, which means that you do not have to apply for it under your social security number. Um, You can apply for it through um, your business company as long as your profile is built out without having to pull up your personal credit report. How to beat the trap. Peace, family, and welcome back to another episode of How to Beat the Trap. And today, I have an amazing guest, beautiful energy. We're all going to be uplifted. I guarantee you, I have the queen, Darby, in the building from BCA Culture. Queen, how are you today? Doing well, King J. Thank you for joining me so in the trap. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited as well. So, family, as you know, the trap is a program or system that's designed to entice or untangle us, mm-hmm. but secretly designed for the benefit of another. All right? And that's the matrix, as Queen Darby said, right? Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to talk about how Queen Darby has been able to get around, go through, or leverage the matrix for our own benefit and help mm-hmm. others along the way. So we're going to talk about your story today. And Queen Darby, um, all right, let's see how we're going to do this. Okay, so when we're approaching the trap, mm-hmm. we're not idiots. Mm-hmm. So as we're approaching the trap, instead of just plowing through the trap, I like to pause for a second and reverse engineer, right? right. So I want to reverse engineer this interview and start from where you're from where you're at today. And then okay. we're going to talk about where you started. Okay. But right now, I want you to talk about you. This, this is this is overall privilege to talk your ish, right? So you could, <laughs> this is like, you could feel free. Like, this is a, this is a no pride, no ego zone. Okay. This is a alley-oop to you to talk about what you've done. Um, you know, we know, we know BCA, BCA Culture has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs. We know you've leveled up. Thousands. Business. Thousands. Pop- See what I'm saying? <laughs> we gotta get talk, it right. You know I'm about to stop talking, and we're going to introduce you to Queen Darby, who has been um, a, a really a boss queen, in the business funding space, business education space, et cetera. And so, Queen, tell them who Darby is, what BCA Culture is, and just all the amazing things that you are currently doing today and visions for the future. Yeah, thanks so much. I mean, honestly, this really started from, you know, being in the trap, you know, and not being able to, at the time, my business wasn't able to get funding on its own, although I had the cash coming in, but there were some fundamental things that I had to learn along the way. Um, so where BCA Culture is today, uh, literally, we're automated uh, digital software that really does automation and funding. So there's, you know, business credit building softwares out there, gotcha. but there's nothing like what we have, which so is automated. Automated business credit, credit. Funding, funding. Okay. And, and it prepares companies to get ready for government contracts. Um, our software prepares companies for grants. Our com- you know, our software like really positions small business owners. I like that software talk. That's yeah, that, that's you know, we're scalable, in tech. automated. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at. Yeah, because like we see, like, we understand. You know what I'm saying? And you would know this too, where there's so much that we can teach. But technology, artificial intelligence, like, we're in the age of artificial intelligence. Like, we're beyond digital. Like, we're in AI now. And and I heard AI is now going to the meta-universe. Oh, it's it's at a whole other level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're behind. We're behind. And so now data is trending. Well, how can you take a course and really trend it when now it's data that's running everything? If you look Mm. at your Facebook, your Amazon. So I had this vision about two years ago. And um, at the time, I was talking to uh, one of my friends, and I was telling him, like, I have this 
this vision and I was trying to come up with all these names and I was like, what should I name it? You know, da, da, da. And then um, it hit me like, yo, it's a culture of entrepreneurs want to create. So that's how the name BCA Culture came about. So what's BCA stand for? So at the time I was teaching classes and okay. it was called the Business Credit Agency. So BCA stands for Business Credit Agency, but we started saying like Business Culture Association or, you know, like different people say different things, right. but it's really Business Credit Agency. And then we evolved it into BCA. Gotcha. And um, now, fast forward to today, we've helped literally thousands of entrepreneurs um, get funding. Um, we've successfully um, secured over $50 million in funding over wow. the past year because we went live last year. So this is all in a matter of a year. And we've been testing it. So $50 million plus. Plus in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Talk that talk. And like <laughs> we literally, we were just testing it. And it proved the theory that at the time I was like, for all of you that are creating courses, find a way to make it digital. Find a way to program it. Find a way mm. to put it in code. Because people are coursed out. Although the course is still multi-billions, you got to think the next level. Yeah. And I knew that was where we were in business credit and funding because, honestly, a lot of people still do not know about business credit or how to obtain funding right. the correct way. And then so what we learned from that was there's a need and we can fill it in the market. And we're really a technology company. So we transitioned from teaching business credit and teaching how to get funding to now we're literally a software company. So we can play with your Facebooks and your Amazons and we could be a technology company that's focused on getting entrepreneurs ready for investors or venture capitalists and things like that in an automated way. We still have business coaches because human capital is necessary, right? right? But we understood like, wait a minute, data's trending now. Everything is data, 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 data. You're collecting information, and business credit is run by data. Awesome. All of these databases. So we started creating partnerships with, you know, key business credit industry companies, uh, Equifax. Uh, we started creating the relationship with Dun & Bradstreet. Nice. So we, our software automatically integrates with those, and we can literally pull up um, scores. We can literally see what's on the reports. We can literally contact them directly. This is not a person back there typing away. No. This is the, this is the technology. This the is software. the technology working. Sweet. We see all the scores. I mean, um, there's other companies out there that have it. There's one in particular. I won't necessarily say the name, but there's one in particular, but we're that on steroids. So sure. think of a site where you can look up your business credit report, right, mm -hmm. and your personal credit scores. Well, we do that, and we're on steroids because the software actually says, well, this is where you are. We even know what the lenders, how the lenders are viewing you, like, wow. for your business. I mean, we got really deep into this thing. So someone wants you're to go— Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's black owned, baby. Black owned. Keep talking. Got nothing on me. <laughs> right. Black owned all the way. Black women owned. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, myself and uh, my business partner, Adam Ajet, he's yes. uh, chief technology officer, um, super skilled, you know, did not know. Let me tell you how God works. Did not know that he was already well-versed in the, the personal credit space until we started building this out. And I was telling him the vision, like, yo, we have something here for business credit. We need to really tap into this side of the industry. And he was like, well, I really know personal credit. So for a minute there, it was a little transition, Jay, right. for him to transition from personal credit to business credit. But but if you know personal credit, it's easier than a novice to mm -hmm. transition into the principles of business credit mm -hmm. once you got that foundation. Once you had the foundation, at the time, he was like, well, 
wait a minute, this is reporting like this. And, you know, on the business credit, you don't see the actual vendors, right? You don't see their names. And so he's like, well, how are we going to know that this is this particular? So we begin to develop the software so we can begin to kind of eliminate error. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so when you found the company, how long have you had the the overall black credit agent or business Business credit credit. agency? So September of 2020, uh, we officially formed it and put it together. The summer before in June of 2019, that's when um, I started the individual classes. So during that summer, I taught about 75 entrepreneurs collectively, um, was, they were able to get about $4.5 million. Mm-hmm. And so we kept on wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. And then after that, Adam contacted me and was like, yo, I see what you're doing. And it all started from going live. I just wow. started doing live videos at the time. Um, I was pregnant uh, with my son. And I was thinking like, oh, my God, you know, I can only do things like live. Yeah. And it worked in my favor. Virtual. People sit, sit started. Sit down. Yeah, just, just <laughs> sit down. And you know, at the time, my son, he came to be a blessing because I was traveling. I was on the plane like two or three times a week in different cities at the time Is consulting first hospitals. First child. Okay. And he sat me down. He sat my down. Can I say that? Uh, <laughs> he said my not. butt down. <laughs> he said my butt down. Right. And um, when that happened, I was thinking to myself, okay, I've transcended. Mm. I've transcended. I have to learn how to be still. Right. And that's how BCA and, culture and, came and, about. And, and work from being still, be progressive, and make and, and progress and big moves and money from being still and not always zipping and zapping and, and working harder. Yes. So, yes. okay, so you were doing the individual business fund in 2019. This mm-hmm. is the 2020 pandemic comes. Mm-hmm. You're smacking the middle of this business. And is that's the year you also, 2020, transitioned to the software element of the business? So, um, uh, the latter part of 2020, yes. In September of 2020, we did transition to the, the technology piece. Gotcha. And it just scaled everything, like, immensely. When we switched to that, it... It's been on steroids. And that actually, this whole year has been our beta test. Wow. We've been really just secretly just observing the consumer, observing the entrepreneur, seeing what their pain points are, what your needs are, Mm. and what you wish to accomplish. That's literally what we were doing. Data and habits. Yes. All that. Like studying. I mean, like, when I tell you scientists (laughs) studying, that's where we've been. And we've learned everything's run by a database. Everything is run by that. And so once we understood the core of that, then we were able to progress. And how big is your your firm now, your company now? So um, we have about 25 um, employees, a mixture of employees and contractors. And um, we work 100% remote. Um, Our office is based downtown Atlanta. But as far as our team, like our tech teams and and things of that nature, we're 100% remote. We have our graphics team. Everyone's able to tune in. And then our core team is based here out of our our Atlanta office. That's awesome. That's awesome. We got to get you guys over here to the Black House, though. We're going to recruit you over to the Black House. Okay, okay. We'll talk. (laughs) Awesome. So, okay. So, um, and that's your primary business right now. You're focusing on that, growing, scaling that, and and getting past this beta to to full-fledged. Yes. Right? Yes. Awesome. So, we got that. You are crushing it. Over 50 million last year, mm-hmm. um, growing organization mm-hmm. in a short amount of time through a pandemic, helping other entrepreneurs as well. Um, so, what gave you, um, we understand that you talked about your business a little bit, having challenges there. What made you uh, kind of do the social entrepreneurship of, of helping others with a service like this? Because I saw the need for it. Myself and my team, we saw the need and we kept on getting asked questions. And there's still a heavy responsibility for the education piece, right? Mm-hmm. And so we started seeing like, okay, 
this is something that needs, there is a need. It needs to be filled. Yes, people have heard about business credit. Yes, people are familiar with business credit. Yes, people have even built business credit. But we begin to see like there was a disconnect between what our culture was exposed to and what other cultures yeah. have been exposed to in this particular industry. Yeah. You know, There's a lot of misinformation too. Yes, yes. That's one of the things. So we we wanted we wanted to clean up the industry. That that really mm. um, was our initial intention, you know, to actually clean the industry where there can be a source that people can trust the name and know that they're gonna leave with results. That's the only thing that that catapults does. We said, well, if we can get results, we'll beat ninety percent of the people out here talking about business credit. Right. And that's what we did. Because yeah, everybody's were talking regurgitated information, <laughs> recycling it, got a little business credit hustle on the side. Yeah. You guys built something really legitimate, as it seems like, you know. Yes. A lot of uh, credible partners as well. Yes. I read you guys partnered with MasterCard at, at one point as well. Yes, we did. Um, and that was our personal business line of credit card. Um, and we're still partnered with them. And we just expanded it into more corporate cards. Um, and we have a couple other Fortune 500 companies. Uh, we're doing a project now with the uh, Minority Business Development Agency, which which is a federal government agency, particularly focused on minority funding. So they called us to the table and said, hey, you know, let's talk about the software. Y'all roll with <laughs> elbows and shoulders with the big boys. Yes. You have to be. Yeah. That's the way to win. That's the way that we can progress our culture, right? So um, we're, we're very excited about that. All right, cool. So, all right, so we know Queen Darby now is legit, stamped, <laughs> verified, and valid in the space. Um... Let's back up a little bit, a lot bit, and let's talk about Princess Darby, the young Queen Darby. Yeah. Um, Where did you grow up? How did you grow up? What was your upbringing like? You know what? I was born in Nashville, Tennessee okay. uh, to Daryl Alexander and Nazarene uh, Alexander at the time that my parents were married when I was born. And then uh, shortly after my parents got divorced, my mom moved down south when I was two years old. And um, down south, I mean deep south. I'm about to say, deep, wait, deep, ain't, ain't deep, right. I'm from right. Jersey, so all this is south. <laughs> all this is south of you. But like deep south, Valdosta. Georgia, Stockton, Georgia. They <laughs> yeah. still have dirt roads. Imagine them having dirt roads and one stoplight back there. Um, and so I grew up and was exposed to my family from the country. You know, my grandma living in one house and then my auntie living right next door and her sister living down the street. So very like family oriented, family niche, um, family oriented. And um, after that, my mom was like, I want you know, you to be exposed to more. She, um, at the time, got remarried. Um, it's me and my brother, Michael Bell, and we moved up here to Atlanta. And ever since then, I was, I was about sixth grade, mm-hmm. moved to Atlanta, and, excuse me, seventh grade, moved up here, and just like, been here ever like we since. out of the country. Yeah, now. <laughs> we out of the country. And then that's when we came to Atlanta, that's when we saw black people progressing. Mm. That's what she wanted to expose us to. Right. She knew that if I don't get my children out of here... They're not going to see it. She wanted us to get out of the trap. Right, like, the country trap. The country trap. Honestly, <laughs> that mindset. Not saying that everyone down there, if you're from right. the country, you know, not saying that everyone has that that small town, like, limiting mindset, mm-hmm. but majority of the people do. Right. And so she wanted to expose us to more. She was an advocate for that. And um, she exposed uh, myself and my brother to entrepreneurship 
at a very early age. Okay, how'd she do that? Um, so she used to uh, travel a lot. We would organize, we were like her assistants. We would organize her, uh, her office, we would help her clean up. Um, every time we would go to um, McDonald's or if we went to like certain establishments or if she purchased things, she would always ask, hey, how much change am I getting back? You know, like those, like sowing those seeds, right. count, knowing how to count your money. Knowing, okay, she would always ask us questions, imagination questions. Okay, the this is a hundred million this week. What would you do with the hundred million? Right. Are you prepared to handle? She, I didn't know at that time she was teaching us to increase our capacity, wow. our money capacity, Tax our money muscle. And she was like, "What would you do with uh, five hundred million? She would just randomly ask us that on road trips, and we would have to list and itemize Shout everything. Out to <laughs> <laughs> you know, she would really tell us that. So that opened me up. And then after that, network marketing. You know, we would be in there. We would have to set up the rooms. Uh, we would have to learn to practice the speeches. You know, to learn how to present, learn how to talk. She was preparing, not knowing that whole time she was preparing us. Wow. So is your brother older or younger than you? He's younger than me, about five okay. years. So you're the oldest? I'm the oldest. Okay, shout yeah. out to all the oldest out there, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Oldest of four. I love being the oldest. It's like, uh, you know, that's practice, leadership practice. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. And I really loved it because at the time, you know, we're latchkey generation, millennials, latchkey, like right right there. And so um, my mom, she's also a nurse. And so when she would go to work at night, it would be me and my brother. Shout out to all the single moms out there making it happen. The sacrifices that my mom had to make. I get emotional just thinking about it because I know the sacrifices that she made. Gotcha. Whether she had, you know, my dad's support or my brother's um, dad's support or not, she still was that constant for us. Yeah. And I'm forever grateful to my to my mother. She's a queen. I'm forever grateful even to my dad because I learned in his presence and I also learned in his absence at times. Mm. And even as I grew... I had to learn the power of having a king in the household and really like cherishing that and cherishing family. So I think I think both of my parents. I love that. So tell us a lesson real quick um, of what you learned in your dad's absence. I learned how important men are. And I learned it after I got divorced, how important it is to have an actual male figure in the household. Wow. I was so independent, you know. Now, you know, black mamas, <laughs> they'll say, listen, you don't need anybody. You don't have to depend on anybody for anything. I grew up under that teaching. I grew up under that independent teaching. And that fueled me. I was super successful in everything. I'm mostly an uh, alpha female. Mm -hmm. You know, top of my class, you know, in everything that I did. But then in the pers interpersonal relationships, it would affect me in the sense of, well, I'm a boss. I don't need to listen to you. You know, I mean, my own. All of that. And... I learned that to cherish the male, you have to really receive a male in the household. Mm, and that feminine energy has to be there so that man can be a man. Facts. You know Angel. what I'm saying? We need, like, we're all codependent and interdependent upon each other, and it's okay to be vulnerable. So I learned in his absence, which I learned through my mother's presence, of what I did not want to keep repeating. Mm. Hey, Peace Family Real Estate Pioneer, Jay Morrison, coming to you live from the Black House. Uh, why haven't you got your first of its kind video 
textbook, excuse me, interactive video textbook experience, the 12-step real estate crash course. This book will make you a real estate power player in real life with over six and a half hours of video lessons with 290 pages of real workbook experiences, tests, quizzes, assessments that give you the skill set, mindset, and formulas needed to dominate in real estate and be a power player in any part of the industry in real life. Homeowner, realtor, wholesale, landlord, flipper, developer, don't matter. You need this book. Your family needs this book. Go tap into the link right now for your for your interactive first of its kind video textbook experience in real life tap in 12stepvideotextbook.com and you know it's interesting and we're going to talk about it a little later but that is a form of the culture trap mm -hmm. and so family um there's many 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 traps right we're talking about the country trap mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. there's this and mind you, i come from a small town in new jersey where most people in my town stay in my town, mm -hmm. right? Like you grow up there, you live there, you get a job somewhere around there, you date somebody who you knew grew up your whole <laughs> life, and like, you know, you have some babies with somebody over there, maybe mm -hmm. on Second Street, and maybe somebody on Mercer Street, and somebody, right? And mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I always had a big mind frame. I was able to beat that small town, uh, town trap and think big and think global. But um, there's the there's just many many traps. But so key traps in America are the college trap, the corporate trap the corner trap, which I survived, and the culture trap. Mm -hmm. But the culture trap is just not a financial one. That culture of the independent woman or the culture of the Rolling Stone man is the culture that breaks up the family. You can't mm -hmm. have a strong nation without strong communities. Mm -hmm. You can't have strong communities without strong families. Facts. You can't have a strong family without a relationship between a man and a woman. Correct. Because they're going to procreate and create the family. Correct. And so we a lot of times have sucked in, and, and I grew up to a single mom, right? Mm -hmm. And and we went through the, the 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 you know her my stepfather and divorce and this and that and ins and outs and all that, and just the mind frame of I'm independent, I don't need no man. And I think uh, Chris Rock said it best during the comedy show. He was like, "You could drive a car with your feet, <laughs> right? you could, but don't make it the best That's thing to exactly, do." Exactly. <laughs> right? So yeah, you could raise a child or raise a man on your mm -hmm. own, but it doesn't make it the the best opportunity for you and your child and build a mm -hmm. strong family. So I think that that's amazing that you just spoke of really a culture trap that we don't speak of a lot and, mm -hmm. and that um, uh, strong women, my wife is like that, Ernestine mm -hmm. is like that, who is like, hey, I'm an alpha woman and strong and all that, mm -hmm. but I need my man. Yes. And I, I want my man. Yeah. And I believe in the black man. And, mm -hmm. and so it really takes a strong woman to know that she has the ability to be independent if life you know, uh, plays those cards, yeah. but um, understands the value of the, her yin and yang and her, her other kind of part. It's so important. That's a huge trap. I, my, my beliefs align with, it has to be family. First, before family, it has to be you, right? Mm, right. The divinity. You, you within you, right? You right. We were talking about that earlier. Catch, go back and catch the live, but, <laughs> you know, like, that has to be together. Then your external relationships begin to form and they begin to form and, and they're based on how you are and how you view yourself inwardly. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you're able to develop those romantic and intimate relationships, those friendships, you know? And then I had to learn how to um, like categorize those in my life and put those things in their perspective buckets. Right. Who I am as CEO of BCA Culture is different than who I am as a mother. Right. You know, who I am as CEO of BCA Culture is different as if I'm, you know, when I'm out here dating or, you know, going on a right. date or doing those things. That feminine energy is everything. It's, it's required. And us being female bosses, we can embrace that in the workplace. Mm. But when we go home, 
my son doesn't know me as CEO. Be this, he'll right. come here and he'll he'll be running all around. He doesn't know that. He just knows me as mommy. Right. You know, when I'm dating or a guy just knows me as Darby. He don't know all this stuff about BCA culture, right? right. So it's important that's to separate. And that's true power. Mm-hmm. The ability to diverse, diversify your energy mm-hmm. and diversify who you are to people, mm-hmm. right? So I want, we're going to come back to that. So, all right, boom, high school. Okay, <laughs> so you're learning from your mom, entrepreneurship. Yep. Tell us about high school and what happened post-high school. So high school was, I mean, high school was the bomb. I was like the why top of everything. Oh, oh, oh man, <laughs> I was like, I was stunned on them before. You know, we knew what stuff was. Right. I mean, I love, I really loved high school. I'm a very social person. I love people. I love talking. High school was like where I, I really was in my flow. I was the top of my class. Um, any type of competition I was winning, any type of scholarship I was winning. Um, I was a student body president. I was prom queen. Like, I was really like thick in high school. Like, I really loved high school and I loved the, the relationship. Wait, wait, let's that again. Wait, wait, you was what again? <laughs> A student body president, student body president, prom queen, cheerleading captain, uh, overachiever, right? <laughs> most likely to succeed, you know? Like, right. that was so important, you know? So people from my high school, they see me now, and they're just like, oh, we already knew that was going to happen, you know? Right. It's kind of like, we were not surprised, you know? But I, it really meant a lot to me in high school because that was my transitional time. Mm-hmm. That was me beginning to form who I was. But then also the dichotomy of that is is knowing who I am detached to those things and those mm. accolades. I learned that very early on. And so my mom, one of the major lessons that she taught is like, you're not the wards. Mm, the, wards the wards are drawn to you, but you're not the awards. Trap bar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had to learn that early on, not get caught up in all, listen, when the lights go down, you still got to go home and sleep on that pillow. Do you have peace within? Are you mm. at joy within? You know, are you happy with yourself within? She always made me monitor and watch that. You know, there was this one time, whew, I thought I was, you know, you thinking you're making it and stuff, <laughs> you know, and your mama got to say, pop! That little pin out. <laughs> <laughs> she got to pop you real quick. And I learned in, like, wait a minute, I still have the honor, I still have the respect. Right. You know, so it, what happened? Tell us about that time. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want to know. What was the time? So, so, okay, so one day when Chilean practice, my mom was like, you know, don't drive anybody in your car. Well, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to drive somebody in my car. You know, you know, I'm the only one on the team that got a car. She's like, I gave you that car because, one, you're responsible. Mm-hmm. And two, I really want you to, you know, have it because I'm, I'm going to be working and we need to be able to go back and forth, you know, just have that flexibility so I trust you. At that time, you could get a a learner's permit at 15 here in Georgia. So, um, yeah, 15, I was rolling. I have a car. No 15-year-old at all. (laughs) I'm thinking I'm doing my thing. So... She just had this mother's intuition. What kind of car you had? Oh, man, it was a little Dodge Dynasty. Okay. <laughs> Dodge Dynasty? I didn't even heard of that. I know, exactly. It was a little boxcar. It eventually caught on fire. It was that old. <laughs> All right. So you're your ride. You're your Dodge Dynasty. I got you. Right. So I, I was, like, riding in that. But then I switched over to another car, which was, like, a Thunderbird T-top. Okay. My mom was like, don't drive anybody in this car because... You know, it drives so fast. I would just hate for anything to happen. We don't have anybody else on the insurance, blah, blah, blah. We're getting ready for um, a varsity game. And sure enough, one of my friends like, hey, girl, can you take me to go to, you know, Wendy's? You know, I'm just trying to eat and da-da-da. My mom, she caught, she, I mean, she had this intuition. She called me right when I was hitting the corner going to Wendy's and my friend was in the car. And my mom was like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, nothing. Just go in and grab something to eat. She's like, why are you going to grab something to eat? You're supposed to be getting ready for the game. Like, you're you're the captain. So why, you, she already knew how the drill was. This ain't adding up. This ain't adding up. 
Man, I'm like, well, mom, I'm in the car. My, you know, my friend, she had, she got diabetes. She said, I don't care if she had diabetes. Do you want to die tonight? <laughs> you know, in other words, like, don't be, right, don't be dis- disobeying me. And so um, I was like, okay, I apologize. When I got home. Mom, so you want to die tonight. Right. <laughs> Children obey your parents. <laughs> when I got home, oh, it was on like Donkey Kong. She was like, listen, don't you ever, I don't care what needs what. If something were to happen on your watch and it happened in your car and this or that happened, then we're responsible. And that's when I began to like really see, oh, it was a, it was a definitely, (laughs) you know, it was, I was, I was humbled because I didn't know the gravity of it and why she was telling me that. Mm. And at that time, my mom's medical professional and this and that. It's like, I understand you have a heart to help. But that's when I also learned too, the difference between separating your heart to help Mm-hmm. and the reality of a situation. Wow. Their emergency is not your emergency. Mm. If that person didn't come to school prepared, that's not your emergency. You got your own responsibilities. You got your own responsibilities, which is to honor me. And, you know, she took my car away for, like, you know, two weeks. And I was like, Mom, I need to go to practice. <laughs> you should have thought about that. Consequences. Consequences. She taught me very early on responsibility. Yeah. I'm forever grateful for that. That's amazing, too. I, I just got to point that out um, because I'm a father of three girls. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yes, I got a 22-year-old, a 13-year-old, and an 11th-month-old. You don't even look over 25. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, I just think for any parents listening, and obviously future parents, there's some gems in how your mom was able to instill discipline and raise you. A lot of times as parents, we want to spoil our kids, make mm-hmm. them feel good. My mom always tell you, I'm not your friend. That one. I, I, I'm here to be your parent mm-hmm. and, and instill some instruction in you so you could be a founder and CEO Correct. of a cutting-edge fintech company 10, 15 years from now. Not for, you know what I mean? So I think, the, the, like, one of our other uh, uh, How to Beat the Trap alum said... Um, you, your environment will change you before you change your environment. Mm. And one of the, right, trap bar. And one of the first, first environments that we all have is our home and yeah. our parents. So, like, for our parents out there, it's so critical, especially in our age and this information age. And we know it's much looser than us who grew up in the 80s and 90s. Like, we know it's looser out here, right? Mm-hmm. And it's access to more information. So that's even more reason for us to be more rigid and more on top of, right? Mm-hmm. I told my daughter's mama, like, I need all my daughter's Instagram pages. Like, I need all of them. Like, any page she got, I need all that, right? You're because, not playing. Yeah, we, we, we have to be tapped in because think about if your mom were looser on you and let that slide and didn't take the car away for two weeks or mm-hmm. didn't give it to you that night, how you would have thought that there's no consequences for my actions and my decisions, right? And mm-hmm. I could, right? So those things really instill values. Yeah. Because for, for every cause is an effect. She taught me principles and laws mm. that govern my life to this day. Have I always gotten them right? No. Right. But majority the of the time, I made sure I went back to my center. You know right. what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's critical because if you, this is, this is our home base. The further you get away from that, your energy and your frequency and your ability to manifest and your ability to create is powerful, more powerful, the closer you are to the center of your home base. Mm. Your morals, your values, what you believe, what aligns with you. That it has to be there. If you get off this, you're just out here just... To the point, if we don't establish a strong moral compass for our children and it's a broad, loose moral compass, they can be wild and ratchet and not feel off frequency. Because a frequency was never established in the first place. Bars. Or it was established at an improper 
frequency. Correct. For who we really want them to be. And so I just think that's another form of the culture trap, right? So in our culture, um, you know, and not to be religious with us, so to speak, but it is a, a proper principle to say train up a child when they're young. Mm-hmm. So when they're old, they won't depart, depart. from it. Correct. So, right, the values you just part uh, instilling your children when you're, when you're young, they're more likely to come back to that frequency and that compass, right, later, mm-hmm. later on, that moral compass. And so, a uh, shout out to your mom. I think it's yeah. something we all should pull from, especially yeah. in this day and age, or we're going to have some loose children that's going to be some loose adults mm-hmm. that's not going to be as successful as we want, and they won't be able to carry on our legacy mm-hmm. and our inheritance we leave them because... The frequency we left them is not the frequency in which we operated from. And I think that's so important that you say that. For, and even those of you who are entrepreneurs, I mean, I know I'm going down memory lane, but all of this creates success. Right. You know this, Jay. I mean, people will look and say, wow, I want to be successful. But you have to look at those everyday principles. Right. How are you living? How are you living? And then another thing that I realized on this journey is that there are some things that my parents didn't teach me that I had to get mentors for. Mm. You know, that can open me, like, open up and, and expand my mind and, and give me insight. That's how BCA Culture came about. That's how the brand came about. That's how I began to grow was, like, let me tap into others who are, you know, doing more, being more, becoming more, thriving, you know, striving for more, thriving in their right. lives. Like, really immerse myself in that, you know. I remember years ago watching you on YouTube prior to being here today, you know, and this is a manifested conversation. I was like, man, back then I was thinking, man, that brother is smart. If I could just talk to him and look. <laughs> we're talking, talking. We're talking, talking. <laughs> you know, so things will manifest when you believe in, in just sowing those seeds and seeking the right. knowledge, seeking the information. That's how you begin to break the curse of being in the trap. Absolutely, absolutely. So in high school, did you aspire to be an entrepreneur? Did you aspire to have a corporate job? Well, what was your aspirations in high school? Or leave me outside? Listen, I am a creative entrepreneur. I like to sing. I like to song, right? Like, oh, yeah. that was my thing. Even when I went off to college, I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Shout out volunteers. Uh, but um, You're smart, I w- smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I went there, and I actually, again, divine encounter, intentional. I wanted to set up a neonatal clinics. At first, I was going to be an anesthesiologist. Um my uncle graduated from Xavier University. Shout out HBCUs. And um, I was like, yo, uncle, I want to go there and uh, do my pre-med. And then he took me that summer to actually watch what he does on a daily basis. And he allowed me to meet an anesthesiologist. And I was like, you know what? That's not for me. Wow. You know? And then so that was my first encounter with a mentor that was in my family that could say, hey, if this is what you want to do, I'm going to take you there. And um, then from there... I was like, you know what? I want to set up neonatal clinics. I want, you know, I want to be a, a baby a neo- nurse. Okay. Quote unquote, ba- you know, baby, the neonatals when the child's first born. Okay. Um, and I really wanted to like cater to the, the babies. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. I don't have to have my nursing degree to set up neonatal clinics. You know, I can just be an investor. Like, I just had that right. feeling. So, because I knew that if I studied that particular field, I was going to be stuck to it. Then from there, I was like, you know what? Let me change. This is this is the backdrop year, leading up to what this. What year in college was this? Around? This is around like um, uh, 2003. Okay, and you were a sophomore, junior. No, this is my freshman year freshman, of college. Off the rip. 
off the rip. Because I was like, I'm not about to waste time. I got this scholarship money. I got, you know, four years and four and done. Gotcha. You know? So you got a scholarship to get to go to college? Yes. For academics? Yes. Okay. And so when I was there, I got the Alex Haley Scholarship. Shout out to, you know, to the Greek organizations as well that really contributed uh, towards uh, my college education. And then I ended up getting an honorary scholarship for my academics. Gotcha. So you knew off top, I need to figure out what I'm doing with this thing because I need to leverage this this, this college trap exactly <laughs> to where I want to go and not let it leverage me. Correct. All right. So then at this point, I figured, okay, neonatal, out of the way. Anesthesiology, out of the way. Business. Let me do that. And then I, I studied finance, international business while I was there. Nice. Divine alignment. So I saw that to say, like, fast forward to now, I did not understand the magnitude of what I was in class formally learning. Mm. It was, again, that was divine alignment. Now, fast forward, I'm doing it. So it wasn't a dream. Right. It literally, it wasn't a dream of mine, per se. It was a dream that's bigger than me. Gotcha. So I would look at it like, it's a dream where our ancestors Mm. and God got together and was like, oh, you think you're going to be doing music? Oh, okay. You'll do it. You'll just be on different type of stages now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, I've I've learned, right, a different kind of artist. You're going to create this tech world. Then from there, I'm going to have you branch out and do other things. Gotcha. So, okay, so 2003, I was freshman year, so mm-hmm. you ended up graduating? Yes, 2007. All right, with the finance degree? Yes. Awesome. And then what'd you do right, right out of college? So then from there, for about a year or so, I was traveling the world. I went on a sabbatical, just travel, went on, you know, cruise trips and just vacation. It just took a year off. What's one of the coolest places you've been? So one of the coolest places to me was what Belize. Enjoyable to you, Belize? Yeah, I loved it. And the reason I liked it was, um, at the time, the pyramids that were there, I felt like more connected. I felt like that was the closest that I could get to Egypt at that time. Wow. So I really respected that, and I respected what the Mayan civilization had done, and I believe that's, like, the current... I'm not... If I'm technical, not correctly technical, then please forgive me, but that's what this, the Mayan civilization had done at that time. And I saw it, and I was like, wow, this is massive. This is gorgeous. And then also, too, the islands that were attached to it yeah. and just being around all of that. It was just gorgeous. Beautiful. So I loved it. To me, Belize is one of those places where you I've see the dichotomy of life. Yeah, I've been to Belize. You know, you see the dichotomy. You see poverty, but yet you see wealth all at the same time. Right. Not wealth necessarily in the people. I mean, not wealth necessarily in buildings and stuff, but in the people. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's a humbling place. Very humbling. Awesome. Okay, so you go through your sabbatical, mm-hmm. and then what? Okay, so then from there, um, I met up with my mentor. He was teaching me, he taught me taxes. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not, hey, I got my degree in finance. What does that have to do with, you know? Right. But that was the best thing I could have done. Um, I decided not to get a, a job. Um, that was also, 2007 was around the time that the 2007, 2008 real estate Meltdown was happening. I know you're celebrating your 20 years, so I know this is bringing up some memories, uh, right? Uh, I've been through that thing. <laughs> I've been through that thing. <laughs> so that was around that time. And uh, got in taxes. Boom. At the age of 21, skyrocketed to six figures in a matter of months. Wow. A matter of months. He taught me the game. I learned it. I started building up my team. Remember, my mom had the history in network marketing, so I knew how to build teams. Yeah. You know, just absorbing all the information. Set it up like they did network marketing, pay people referral bonuses and fees, and then just went from there. Then from there, every, you know, died out. From Everything just kind of simmered down. The Atlanta market at the time was becoming really saturated with a lot of mobile tax repairs. Yeah. So then we transitioned, um, and then I just started 
like uh, doing contracting, uh, teaching hospital softwares, uh, working with um, the whole Obamacare at the time. Um, also was doing independent work, like in between. So if I wasn't working, hey, I had to pick up and do some Lyft or do pick up and do some Uber, right. like to, to, to continue hustling, to make ends meet. Yeah. I was hustling. Like, I was like, okay, what, you know, what can I do? At that time, it was, you know, good money to me. I didn't have any responsibilities. So I what was doing was what I needed to do. Whew. This was mm, from 2007 to about 2010. I was on taxes. And then after that, at the end of that, um, Uber and Lyft came out, like, towards the end of that. And um, that was probably about 2011, 2012. And then I went into, uh, like, a lot of independent contract work you know, transitioning from there from about 2013 on up and then ended up going back into uh, Uber Lyft. The money was different. And then I got out of Uber, you know, <laughs> and Lyft and then um, started started getting these ideas for business credit. The same mentor that taught me taxes also taught me about business credit. Wow. What year was that? That was 2000. I graduated 2007. That was from like 2008 to about 2010, 2011. Where you start learning business credit, though? During that, okay, during that time, time frame. Gotcha. And didn't know that I was going to go back and this is going to be catapulting me today with BCA Culture. Wow. So I want to point out something. I'm actually, let's go to our segment called the trap analysis. Okay, right? okay. So family, you got an opportunity to hear from Queen Darby and how she was able to beat the country trap, right? <laughs> and what kind of keeps sometimes us, and I, I say us because I come from a small town in New Jersey. New Jersey's mm -hmm. known as like, you know, New York and the big city, but I come from a small town in New Jersey, right? Mm -hmm. About 20, 30 minutes from Newark, New Jersey, Somerville, New Jersey. Um, uh, just again, I don't even know what the population is, but <laughs> it's not a big town. We had about Three streets in our hood. We had we had second and center street, third and center street, and south side. Like that was my that was my, those were my blocks, um, and so I get that that right. You were able to Queen Darby was able to beat the um, country trap, mm -hmm. but was also able to beat the culture trap um, by some values instilled in her by her mom that allowed her to kind of have a strong moral compass going through life, right? Mm -hmm. Keep her head on her, on her, on her, uh, on her shoulders, uh, cheerleading mm -hmm. uh, captain and valedictorian mm -hmm. and all these amazing things, getting a scholarship into college. But immediately, from my, from my college trap victims, she immediately went into college thinking, how am I going to make the most out of this opportunity mm -hmm. and not just get sucked into just the lifestyle of college, mm -hmm. the social life of college, and all oh, I want is scholarship and lose the scholarship because I'm distracted and all that, and went on to, um, to uh, pr uh, not just pursue, but also evaluate and kind of mm -hmm. audit different skills and dreams that she had to find uh, something that she um, uh, uh, adopted in, in mm -hmm. finance and not even knowing where that was going to take her in life, right, but just following her instincts, and I want to also point out when it comes to um, a culture trap and even a mm -hmm. corporate trap of I like how you said you use Lyft and Uber mm -hmm. to be able to make some money. So a six-figure earner in taxes mm -hmm. had been doing her thing, you know, her whole life and top of her class, but didn't get caught into the culture trap. But this is too good for me. Right. Correct. Or, 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 or I'm, I'm too good for it. Excuse me. Correct. I'm too good to Uber. I'm too good to Lyft. There's so yes. many people. I'm, I'm give you, oh, there's so many people I see that say they can't afford something mm -hmm. or don't got no job or are sitting at home, mm -hmm. but are too good for Uber, too good for Lyft, mm -hmm. too good for fast food, too good to serve at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're too good to go work and to earn and are looking for 
a handout or a come up or a lick. That is a key point. I ran into so many entrepreneurs that being in the valley, I call it being in the valley, teaches it, it's taught me my greatest lessons. Every crossroad, every valley that I've been in has taught me my greatest lessons. Again, every valley and every crossroad that I've been in has taught me my greatest lessons. It's not the mountaintop experiences. It's not, you know, um, being in interviews or being in magazines and things like that where I've learned. It's being in the valley Mm. and being humble enough to say, you know what? You can drive. That helps balance all of this out for me. Right. Because I remember it's, it's never get to the point where you're this because remember when you need your rent to be paid, how you had to call your Uncle Darby and borrow money, right? So you right. wouldn't get evicted. And he was Bring able to send down. me money. Mm-hmm. But then I paid him back and I said, let me, how can I get this quick dollar real quick? Okay, let me deliver phone books and let me deliver, um, let me um, do Uber. Mm-hmm. And boom, it was, it's being an entrepreneur is about being creative. It's about solving a problem. And at that time, those were the methods that helped me solve my problem. Yeah, and you know what it reminds me of is earlier in the story, you were talking about your mom mm-hmm. and how she said the accolades and awards don't make you, right? Mm-hmm. That, that you make it and mm-hmm. then they follow you. And I think that's also a humbling uh, moral compass core values that you were given, right? So you don't feel like because I, you know, I graduated, uh, you know, University of Tennessee or because I'm this mm-hmm. or that, a finance major that I'm a six-figure earner in tax industries. Mm-hmm. So I can never go back to these things. And I think a lot of us, and I won't say us because I don't get caught in that. You, a lot of <laughs> you all may get caught in that culture trap of ego, of pride, of uh, posture, of how people look at you. Right? Mm-hmm. And saying, oh, well, I thought you were a six-figure person. I thought you were a college grad. And why are you Uber and why are you lifting? I'm going to pay my bills, but I have a bigger vision. And I know I'm working towards something. That part. Right before um, my next major breakthrough, you know, life has its ebb and flows. Mm-hmm. Respecting the ebbs and flows of life is so important. So one of the things, while I was in my ebb, I drove for Lyft and Uber right before I was getting ready to do a multi-six-figure contract with these hospitals. So back in, you know, Obamacare passed, the hospitals were getting billions, billions. I mean, listen, money was flowing, okay? But they were getting billions of dollars really setting up software. Mm. Divine, here's another divine alignment moment. I used to set up workflows for the doctors and nurses, and I would train them on how to use the software. I had to use that same skill set for when the vision for BCA culture started coming to me, how to set up what we call workflows from the client mm. experience all the way What's to- What's next? What's next? Yeah, I mean, all the way down to the, when the client clicks the website, to when the client gets the emails, to everything. That was developed and sharpened right after I drove for Lyft and Uber, for my second major breakthrough. And then from there, I was, that's when I was traveling so much across the country. And here I went from, you know, on the verge of losing everything to now, boom, everything was given to me. And ever since then, it's, it's just right. been going higher and higher and higher. And the universe has a way of um, rewarding us for what we do with little and the stewards we are over little, um, God can see how we'll handle much mm-hmm. in abundance mm-hmm. in a way in the spirit you kept with having your ebb and your valley um 
you know, again, that flow and that ecosystem knows that, you know, you're ready for, for your breakthrough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So that was our trap uh, trap analysis. So Queen Darby was able to beat the, the, the college trap, uh, the culture trap multiple times, and even a corporate trap and leverage that into uh, her, her business. So let's talk about your trap transition. Okay. So during your journey, um, was there a defining moment? Like an aha moment, right? Like a day, a dream, mm. a daydream, or just a calling or something where you knew, like, this is my next phase. This is my catapult. Like, this is where I'm supposed to go. Again, I go back to when I was pregnant with my son. And um, I was thinking to myself, okay, how can we create a legacy? Like, what is the thing at that point? You know, when you're a mother carrying a child, it's a different level of responsibility at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, is what I'm doing now going to be able to leave a legacy behind for him? Is what I'm doing now going to um, be something that my son can really, you know, be proud of and say, wow, you know, my mom, my, my dad, my parents, they did this, you know, and now I'm walking it out. What? is something that I can create that he can carry. Mm. You know, should he choose to? Should he choose to? Because, you know, all of us have choice. And so that's how, um, with the whole BCA culture came about, that was my aha moment. I was sitting... It was September 11th. I love these. Actually, I love these times, (laughs) These be the moments right here. Go ahead. It was September 11th. I took a pregnancy test, found out I was pregnant. And it hit me because I'm like flowing. I'm traveling. I'm making my money. I'm like, let's like first me. And it was like, well, you know, you married. You're doing what you need. You know, you know what you was doing to get the baby. So don't be surprised, right? right. And uh, so then I was, <laughs> that's what happens. And then, so, <laughs> so then I was like, okay, flag on the play. Let me figure out in my mind what can I do. So I was sitting again. I was traveling. And I was sitting in the hotel room at the time. I was in um, Columbus, Columbus, Georgia. And I was like, God, what do you want me to do next? Because I know that with this, it's a limited time. I'm pregnant now. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to be able to go back and forth and travel on the planes as much. I mean, I was on the plane two, three, four times a week. I was like, what is it that you want me to do now? I literally sat there and I'm like bawling and crying. And I'm like, I Another year and just all this stuff. And so I'm thinking to myself, golly, 2019, September um, 11th, 2018, I found out I was pregnant. 2019, my son was born. That summer, he kicked, um, catapulted me into, he said, start going live and start teaching people what you know. Just open your mouth and start teaching people what you know. That's the key thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are scared to say something. Open your mouth and teach people what you know. Mm-hmm. Not what somebody else taught you. Teach people what you know. Right. And I opened my mouth, the divine timing. If I wouldn't have had my son, I wouldn't have opened my mouth. Boom, pandemic came, we wouldn't have been positioned. We had already had the software built out before then. That's why I said, Darion, when he was born, he was that element. He was that manifestation in the earth of God saying, sit down and be still. Mm -hmm. That was my aha moment, was actually going through the birthing process. Wow. Not only did you birth a son, you birthed a whole new vision. A whole new vision. And forever, I tell, I mean, I tell everyone that your children are blessings. Because in my mind, again, that whole independent woman thinking, how can I manage career and manage being a great mother? Every woman deals with that. How can I do these things and still maintain Darby and still like 
do this, but that was the problem. I was trying to maintain myself. Wow. God was trying to grow me out of who I was so that way I could become who he wanted me to be. You're trying to still be your old you. I'm, I'm trying, yeah. And he's like, I'm requiring something new. I'm doing a new thing. Trap bars. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know, let me just, let me be obedient, one, and let me just walk this thing out. And there were a lot of hard rights I had to make during that time. Um... And hard lifts I had to make, but it's all panned out. Right, and some K-turns. Man, what? <laughs> U-turns. <laughs> U-turns. All that. All of that. U-turns, had to back up, reverse, <laughs> sometimes drove in neutral. <laughs> right, everything. <laughs> awesome. So, okay, so let's go into a segment, right? I want to put you in a trap seat or a hot seat. Uh-oh, right? uh-oh. In a trap seat. And we have a part of our, our podcast called Trap Blown. Okay. All right, let's we blow the trap up. And Trap Blown is an opportunity. We'd love to hear a story from you. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of different layups here. Uh, one is, tell us, and you told us already some amazing stories, but has there been like an amazing moment, whether it's like an amount of money you made, somebody that you've met, somebody that you work with you never thought of, like a mind-blowing moment for you um, as an entrepreneur, just in general, during your journey. Tell us like a mind-blowing moment that you've, that you've had during your journey. <laughs> I remember when we had our first six-figure day. Wow, six-figure day. Yeah, and as far as revenue, like profit. Six-figure day. Yeah, that was mind-blowing because my partner at the time, I, you, you always have to have somebody that, that brings out, that can, how can I say it? Partners are great to accentuate areas that you might not, mm-hmm. ex- like, call out in yourself. So, for instance, my business partner, he's all about the money, you know, and building. You need that person. You need that person that's going to constantly drive. And I remember that. I remember that in order to get to that, that we had to impact a lot of businesses along the way. That was the result of impacting a lot of businesses along the way. Again, that was the result of impacting a lot of businesses along the way. I remember that. And I remember saying to myself, wow, there was um, others that I used to look at and say, oh, my God, like, that's phenomenal. How can you do that? And then we did it again and again and again. And, I mean, it just kept on. And I was like, yo, this is God, this is where you want, this is the vein where you want me to be. Mm-hmm. This is where you want me to be. And not to be, like, super, you know, like, just saying God, God, God. But honestly, like, it's every, I mean, he, it, it, He's so, it's not even a he. God is energy, right? right. So literally, I mean, in, the, in that moment, I began to realize, yo, this is bigger than what you can even imagine. Then also another aha moment were the amount of businesses that BCA Culture was able to um, save. Even during the pandemic, a lot of business owners came to us for different reasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of business owners came to us and was like, hey, you guys saved our business. To hear a business owner get emotional, think about it. To hear a business owners say that they didn't know what they were going to do. Right. They didn't know how they were going to make it. Um, they were on the verge of homelessness. You know, to hear business owners saying that, you know, they didn't know um, if they were going to be able to eat or feed their kids. Those are aha moments because at that moment you realize we have impacted somebody's life. To hear pastors all the way to doctors. I mean, we've served so many people. Real estate developers saying, you helped save our companies? Right. I was like, God, this is bigger. feeding my family, my livelihood. I I cannot believe it. Wow. So that, the the six-figure days were a combination of 
well, how many other people did you get to six figures? That's what that said to me. Right. How many other people did you get to millionaire status? We, people, I helped companies get to millionaire status before our company got to that point. Mm. You have to serve, and I had to learn that, to serve your way into where you're going. Gosh, I love that. I love that. So you know what? I want to do a little twist here. So continue the mind-blowing moments, but this time I want you to be specific to some business funding or business credit strategies. Oh, but, goodness. But, but those who don't know, give, give us some, some, some in-the-trap game of, you know, what's something I might not know or they might not, our artists might not know about obtaining business funding, business credit. Give us some gems. Okay, so what is, okay, we're sitting in front of the maestro here, so I have to be, make oh sure I get some me. real gems. Yeah, 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 yeah. I give y'all some real sauce. I want your best stuff. I, I'm I, listen, not, I, I want, I want I'm, this sauce. We're going to have to give you some of that Polynesian sauce from Chick-fil-A, <laughs> the real sauce, okay? Um, okay, so of course, the foundational stuff is basic, right? Mm -hmm. We know, have all of those things together. Run, run through that. Run through foundation. Just like, yo, small business okay. right now listening. What's some foundational stuff that'll help prepare them for, for business credit? Okay, first of all, make sure you, your company name is unique. That's a big one. Um, make sure that your company name is unique and make sure that you go through the Secretary of State, wherever you're located, and get your company formed, have your company formation set up. To the lenders, you are not viewed as a business until you have that formation set up. Gotcha. I've heard a lot of different People say different strategies. I know people like to buy, you know, companies and stuff. Make sure you have everything documented. Gotcha. Now, do they have to go through a lawyer to get that done? Or what's the easy I am way? not advising or giving any legal advice. Uh, that should. is up to your uh, discretion as an entrepreneur. It's what your budget can handle. However, there are so many opportunities and websites. And then you have the Legacy Center here, the Black House, where you can come as a resource. All right? <laughs> but there's so many ways out here to set up your company. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars. If you're wise enough and you know that the election that you want your company to be, you can either connect with a CPA, you can connect with a lawyer, or you can do it yourself. Gotcha. It depends on if you are knowledgeable, okay. right? So I always say do what your budget can handle and also do what you professionally have been advised to do based uh, upon what your end, end result is. Okay, gotcha. So you've got to have that company formed, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever election you want, S-Corp, C-Corp, LLC. I'm an LLC man personally, but yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. You. And then, you know, getting that tax classification of the, like, so you could be an LLC, but then your tax classification could be, be an S-Corp -Corp or a C-Corp, or, you know, uh, or you could be a disregarded entity, but, you know, you ultimately, know <laughs> right, ultimately you want to be either, you know, an S-Corp or C-Corp again. This is not legal advice. You know, connect with you know, whomever your advisory team is and figure out what best works for you and your industry because every industry is different. A lot of people don't really understand or understand the um, the depth of that either. Gotcha. Um, okay, so you have the formation. Of course, phone number, independent of your number, right? Um, of course, address. Nowadays, you could do virtual. They're more open to virtual addresses just because of the pandemic. Yeah, I'm right here at the Black House, you get your virtual address. 2015 Owen Martin Street, Atlanta, Georgia. Legacy Go ahead. And this space virtual is already address. zoned commercial for this to be here. Opportunity zone and all that. <laughs> right. So, oh, that was key what he just said. Opportunity zone. If you don't know what that is, research that. Okay. So you're speaking at that uh, that zoning talk right there. The Black House is in an opportunity zone. You can have your address right here virtually from anywhere in the world. Research it if you don't know. See? See? Yeah. Well, go ahead. Okay. No, it's on you. It so, ain't about me. It's about you. It's about you. <laughs> so, so this is awesome. So then you have um, you have your secretary of state. You have your uh, phone number. Make sure that you have a, a company email address, mm -hmm. like at your company name dot com. Right. Right? Not necessarily at a major domain name. Not which, email. Exactly. Not right. AOL. Right. 
<laughs> like, don't do that. Have it at yourcompanyname.com. If you don't have it, research it. There's plenty of resources out here where you could do it. Yeah. Okay, once you have that, make sure that you need... Um, that you're set up to have a business license. Um, many people skip over this part. Mm. Even if you work from home, there during the uh, pandemic, even now, there are state, local, and government uh, grant opportunities available, but many of them require that you have a business license. So if your business is located out of your home or out of a virtual space, make sure that you're licensed according to the city um, and the state for where you are doing business. Awesome. You know, gotcha. I know business owners that were able to secure thousands of dollars up to up to six figures in grants that were available just because they were positioned with their business license. And what's the between a grant and a loan? So grant, you don't have to repay back. Loan, you have to pay back and look at the payment terms. Awesome. Just simple. Real that's simple. It, that's what it is. Okay. I know. I can make sure they know. <laughs> <laughs> just something real simple. Um, and so from there, you know, you, you have those foundational things. Oh, oh, of course. We can't forget how you're going to get your money. You need to have EIN number, right? You need to have your bank account. Um, those things are, you know, very basic. You want to have that. But a lot of businesses don't. That's and you, as basic as they are. A lot yep. of businesses don't have an EIN or don't have a bank account. Yep. And exchange business. Exactly. And it's like, if you're saying that, you know, you want to be successful in your business, then you have to be ready to receive. Right. A bank account is a recept or something to receive your customer payments. A bank account is something to receive, you know, uh, customer transactions. So be positioned to receive. And I will also advise, um, this is coming from me directly, like have multiple bank accounts mm. and build multiple banking relationships. That's huge to business funding yeah. because what one bank might offer, another bank might not. Right. I love it. And all. you don't want to keep all your money in one spot. So a trap, something really, something that's really, really, really good. Talk to them. All right. So not everybody offers true business credit. You got to know which credit card companies do. And which credit card companies don't. Okay. All right. Trap gems. Trap gem. I'm going to give you one credit card. I think it's only one of two right now that offers a true business credit, which means that you do not have to apply for it under your social security number. Um, you can apply for it through um, your business company as long as your profile is built out without having to pull up your personal credit report. And that is Sam's Club MasterCard. Mm. So that's no personal guarantee? No PG at all. No PG. It can be completely under your business name. Now, this is, you know, it's, it's a good gym. You know, wow. for those who take it, by all means, of course, you know, you have to have a Sam's Club card. Um, and then you have to be a Sam's Club member. But you can go in, apply for it, and boom, you can get a business credit card under, um, I believe it's Visa, that's completely no PG. Wow. And you can only use it at Sam's Club? No. Use it anywhere? You can use it anywhere. Not under your name. Not no PG. Yeah. No social. Yeah. Trap bar. Yeah. EIN, EIN only. <laughs> EIN only. Mm -hmm. Your business social. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Just make sure you go in the store if you want more information and, you know, we'll, we'll give you the, the stuff that leads up to it. But, you know, make sure you boot out that business credit profile. They're one of the rare ones. Other credit cards, if you're listening, other credit cards will still ask you to put your social on the application. Yeah. And if you default, they'll report it on your personal credit. Mm. Right? But this one is strictly business. I love it. I love it. All right. I'm going to ask for one more. Okay. Only because I'm going to have a lot of experts on this podcast, and I want you to show off. So if anybody come behind you, they're going to have to really step it up. Okay. So I want Queen Darby to burn it down. So okay. Give us one more. That would be memorable on how to beat the trap. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, we. So on how to beat the trap in business, credit, and funding? Or, yeah, anything. Or anything. Credit, 
Yep, any of that. Business credit, funding, credit lines, personal, whatever. Give them something that will be memorable. BCA culture, they're gonna know it forever. Okay, so lenders have the network Small Business Financial Exchange, right? Uh, you can. Say that again, slow that down. <laughs> <laughs> so the lenders have okay. a network called the Small Business Financial Exchange. You can go there, you can view your report exactly how the lenders see. You'll see exactly how much you could possibly get approved for. So instead of you guessing, mm. how much can I get approved for when I put my application in? On that, they tell you, this is how much credit we recommend for this. This is the network that the banks use to determine how much a company's going to receive. This is with seeing your profile? Right, by seeing your business credit profile. Gotcha. And on, on, in that network, you can see exactly what the lenders are looking at. You can see exactly what you need to update. This is a key... This is the cheat sheet. This is exactly... So you can know, okay, well, if this doesn't match, then I need to get this updated before I go out and apply. So, so it's the, like reverse engineering, like you said. Yes, yeah, it's the bank code. The bank is telling you, listen, to get my money, you got to put 331644. Bloop, and the, the, the vault unlocks. Wow. So it'll tell you right there you know, what it is. Every, everybody is in, you know, interconnected. You got everything on that one network. You so can find out everything you, you need to know. business for three years, or we want to see that you got this much experience. We want to see that whatever we want to see, they tell you exactly what they want to see. It's right there inside of that. So they'll have your profile. Of course, you can always get the underwriting matrices from, you know... Get it to them. Get it to them. You can always get the underwriting matrices, which underwriting matrix is the, are the requirements that it takes for yeah. a business to uh, obtain funding. So you can always get those directly from the lender. But I've noticed, though, over the past couple of months, some of them have been a little lenient about giving out that information um, just because they know we're reverse engineering it out here. Right. Um, but um, there are credit unions. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can. There's credit unions that like you can reverse engineer. Since like 2002. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. He's a maestro over here. But you know, there are credit companies. There are actual um, other credit cards. If you want to do the personal funding, a lot of people come to us for that. There are credit cards where you can go out here. Um, there's one card I actually just came across my desk last week. I'm gonna have to go back and look for it. But um, it's. I think if you had like a 580, they're giving out like $10,000, $15,000. And I'm like... That's half the hood. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, it's a 580. They, that's all they want to know. Um, I believe it's a charge card, so you got to pay it back within 30 days. But... Put you on. And it, that's, the, that's the consignment. The, yeah. It's, it's like right there. I'm like, yo. I mean, it's so, it's so much stuff out here that's just... I don't even remember this stuff in my head anymore. I research it, then we put it in our software. Like, that's, I just research and then dump. Love it. I love it. I love it. So now it's automated. It's automated. Kick back. We're all just right. doing matching and just, you know. Mind blown. She gave y'all the game. Trap blown. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Trap blown. I love Thank it. I you. love it. I love it. All right. So um, now you gave us a cheat sheet for <laughs> small businesses already. And where can we find that small business exchange? Talked about. Um, so you can go to bcaculture.com. Perfect. We have the forms where you can see exactly what the lenders see. Um, we're partnered with uh, Dun & Bradstreet, Equifax, um, and CreditSafe. Those are our three um, credit reporting agencies. So you can go on bcaculture.com and um, actually literally sign up, um, get a report, 
and we'll uh, publish it out for you. Awesome, that's super dope. So for someone that is facing the small country trap, right? Mm -hmm. The country trap, the culture trap, the mm -hmm. corporate trap, right? Um, the college trap and things that you have been able to maneuver through through life. Um, if you were to talk to your younger self, if there was a, a, either another an, another way to do this or just someone who's facing those that you could lend some advice to, what would be your advice to someone that, you know, maybe a, a man or a woman that's even, you know, going through college and thinking about what they're going to be doing with their life and their career or someone that is faced with having to work a... a, a, a a, uh, a valley job mm -hmm. or a valley hustle on the way to their bigger dreams. What are some advice that you would give them uh, what we call our trap cheat sheet? Stay consistent. Stay consistent in your personal development. I think that's so, 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 so key. I know it sounds simple, but it has become everything for me. Staying consistent in my personal development. Um, I... I'm watching, you know, Eric Thomas. I'm listening to Les Brown. I'm listening to Neville Goddard. I'm watching, you know, Oprah Winfrey and her episodes. I'm, you know, I'm really tapping into the greats. I'm listening to Esther Hicks, you know, really tapping into those um, uh, that are great minds, great thinkers, and um, absorbing that energy. Because, and then believing and knowing that no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are in life, it all works out for your good. Mm. It all works together for your good. Even things that I thought were like, oh my gosh, this is so devastating. I can't believe this happened or I can't believe I made this decision or how did I, why did I choose this or why did I choose right. that? It all worked together for my good. Like it has all worked together Literally. for my good. Literally, like I can stand and I'm truly thankful, joyful that it all worked together for my good, but I had to condition my mind to believe that. Mm. I had to condition and understand the three levels and four levels, the superconscious, the subconscious, all of these things about my, my, my consciousness. I had to really begin to develop that. So I would say for those who are watching, maybe you're going through a valley moment, stay consistent in your personal development. Stay consistent in your belief and in your faith. Belief and faith are two different things, mm. you know, and sometimes we interchange those. Stay consistent in your faith because the faith is the action part. So if you're right now driving for a living, if you right now are leasing out your home, or if you right now are doing certain things, continue. Be consistent in those things. Don't, don't you know, try to cut corners for success. Just right. walk it all the way out. And while you're walking it out, in the background, be listening to your personal development. In the background, when you go to sleep at night, having that Les Brown on has saved me many a night. Listening to, uh, you know, Eric Thomas, you know, listening to the greats, uh, turning, you know, listening to you on YouTube. Um, when I was like, oh, you know, let me hear about this. I've had clients ask about real estate and business credit and stuff. So, like, listening to different experts right. in my industry, different great Feeding thought yourself. leaders. Yeah. Be consistent in that. I'm telling you, you will bust out of the seams with greatness. You'll bust out of the seams breaking mm. those limitations. You'll bust out. You'll break out of the trap, okay? Trap advice. <laughs> trap cheat sheet. That's awesome. Thank I you so much. You so much. Thank so, you. So, uh, family, we got some amazing gems, uh, strategies, and motivation, inspiration from Queen Darby today. Um, so, Queen Darby, I want to make sure that everyone knows where they can follow you and where they can tap in. Um, we're also, I know we talked kind of behind the scenes. We're going to offer you guys an opportunity to get some of the business uh, funding coaching as mm -hmm. well as the software and opportunities. And we're going to give you some bonuses. And uh, 
work on a discount even for you with the uh, How to Beat the Trap BCA Culture collabo. Yeah. So we're going to offer you guys a promotional opportunity. You'll probably see a commercial somewhere in this video giving you an opportunity uh, or in this audio for you guys to be able to tap in. Mm -hmm. Just for our audience, we're going to offer you guys something special with BCA Culture. But tell everyone where they can find you, uh, support you on social media, follow the company, et cetera. Absolutely. Um, so I am Dominate with Darby at Dominate with Darby on Instagram and on all platforms as Darby. LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, D-A-R-B as in boy, and then I as an igloo, right? Because um, I know the autocorrect is going to try to change it to Y. <laughs> so uh, Darby. And then also BCA Culture is at BCA Culture on all platforms. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, on all um, platforms at BCA Culture. Awesome, man. So BCA Culture in the building, mm -hmm. family. Um, you see that there's a consistency, and uh, I love the conditioning and the consistency. Like, uh, if we continue to feed ourselves um, through all the ebbs and flows of our journey, um, you are bound to um, see success and progress yeah. uh, in your life. You're a prime example of that. Thank you. You're able to show us a, a lot and how to balance motherhood and womanhood in that process. Shout out to your mom for planning so many uh, uh, just foundational uh, values in you. And I, I want to take that away as a parent. Mm -hmm. And I want all of us as parents and future parents to take that away for our families. Mm -hmm. And guys, make sure you guys check out and, and subscribe to the podcast. Share uh, this podcast, this episode, and look out for this uh, uh, Trap BCA affiliation here with the Legacy Center and How to Beat the Trap. Um, mm -hmm. Queen, thank you for coming, coming thank you. through. And uh, adding value to the trap, helping to build the trap. Thank you. She just burned it down. She's built it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and gave you. Gave us a way out. Thank you so much. Look forward to collaborating with you in the future. Thank you so much, King J. And you, Queen. thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right, family. So you've watched it right here. Queen Darby, CEO and founder of BCA Culture, right here on how mm -hmm. to beat the trap. Uh, make sure you uh, subscribe, share, um, and most importantly, take notes and in, 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 in body and immerse yourself in the gems given here in this podcast and take advantage of the promotional collaboration we have where we're going to give you an opportunity to build your own business credit, even from scratch, get all types of loans, leverage, credit cards, credit lines, all that uh, with a pro, with an expert, someone that's valid, validated and credible in the industry. So take advantage. I've used business credit in my own life um, and know <laughs> that uh, the power of other people's money and what we call TBM, the bank's money, money. <laughs> is real out here. Um, so, guys, take advantage of that, and I'll see you on the next episode of How to Beat the Trap. Trap. Peace. Hey, Peace family, it's Jay Morrison, co-founder of the Legacy Center here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I want to invite you all to be a virtual member of our building, our Class A office space, also known as the Black House. From anywhere in the world, you can house your business here in Atlanta, Georgia, and have your virtual address be our address. Get your own suite number. You also can get our virtual notary services, our virtual receptionist services, have a telephone line for your team, and get access to our meeting rooms, conference rooms, and get one day per month to actually visit our building and house your business here in real life. Family, this opportunity is just $40 per month or $300 for the year. Super discount for you to be able to have a Class A office space house your business address two miles from Tyler Perry Studio, five minutes from the world's busiest airport right here in amazing Atlanta, Georgia at LegacyCenter.com.